Live or die. Make your choice. This is a horrible film school. Take a seat and slowly rip open your trapper keepers. I am Chris, and I am here with Mr. Ryan Hootie. What's up, boys? Welcome to the new year, and a year that sees Saw turn 20 years old. Jesus, we feel old yet. And the greatest gamer of them all, Mr. Nasty, a.k.a. Jigsaw Joey. Welcome to 2024, boys and girls, the year of the dragon. Dragging these nuts all over them New Year's resolutions. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. When did you write that? Hell yeah. New new year, new me, fuck you, 2023. Not to be a a moron, but is it really the year of the dragon? Oh, yeah. I had to look that up for Mr. James Awan. Why do people always shit on the prior year as soon as the new one starts? It just seems like bad karma, man. Last year we had, uh, what happened bad in 2023? That shit happens all the time. Well, no, that, well there was like a, a lot of wars, but there was like an earthquake in Japan and a plane like exploded in the same day. No, that happened yesterday. The Titanic that was yesterday. So yeah, yeah fuck twenty twenty four. That's fucking twenty. The first We're off day to of a banging start, Joe. Which doll would be your serial killing avatar, akin to Mister Billy the Puppet from the Saw franchise? Cabbage Patch Kid. Motherfucker, I wrote down the exact same thing. Oh, you know buddy. how sinister that would fucking be. You know that little motherfucker just sitting there with a like, sitting in a pool of blood. Yeah, it's in like the uh, like in the nightgown where you can't even see his fucking feet, and it's just like soaked in blood, crawling at your ass. That'd be He's got bad that yarn ass. hair, that yarn oh, hair, no. and cabbage patch kids for the win. Before, well, I I would pick Tickle Me Elmo. A toy that literally killed people. Oh, shit. Literally killed people. I forgot about that. Wasn't it like electrocuting kids back in the 90s or something? Well, I mean, parents were literally going in UFC fist fights over the damn thing. So So today's assignment, 2004's Saw. Might be the shortest title we cover here. Today's lesson, death is a shortcut. That's on the poster in Denmark. I thought that was pretty fucking badass. That is pretty solid. I feel like the foreign posters always have either better imagery or better taglines. Yeah, they, I guess they probably feel the same way about like things that get imported to America because you have like the weirdo take on shit. Like the, uh, I think the Shin Godzilla poster in America is considered like way more sinister than the Japanese version. Oh, okay, okay. It's just that like uncanny. Valley the one where he's it. like looking back over his shoulder, like, "Hey, you could be next." And they made the important distinction fuck in that poster is you can't see out. his fucking eyes. It's just like black. It's like all shadow on his face. So this was a random assignment landed in my lap. I will take these reins and get us started with some fan reviews here. Taking both of these from 2005. So both within a couple of months of when the movie came out in 04. Start with a negative one here. The title of this review is The Last Piece of the Jigsaw Equals Crap from November 2005. So this is within a month of, uh, of the release, the wide release. This movie is a poor attempt of an intellectual horror movie. I was shocked to later learn that this movie had received box office acclaim and a 7.5 rating on IMDb. Don't know which one's worse, the plot or the intelligence of most of the people who thought this movie was great. 
It looked as though the writer was up late one night watching an episode of Survivor while flipping through channels on MTV where Nine Inch Nails was playing. And subconsciously thought to himself, what if the sadistic challenges were turned into a horror movie? Clearly didn't pay attention to the storyline as it was littered with loose plot holes, completely pretentious, and a time waster. One out of ten saws. I didn't feel like the movie was really came off as like being intellectually superior or anything. Like they weren't really trying to like spread any sort of messages. This was no elevated horror, this is what you're telling me here? No. It sounds like this guy's trying to say they're being kind of pretentious in the way they came off. Yeah, I think I don't it's the way. fact that it's a thriller is kind of like what pisses this person off. The fact that they're like, gotcha, surprise aspect of it. Maybe he felt like they were, I don't know, trying to be smart by giving him a thrill. Thrillers are, I don't know, it's like Seven, comparing this to Seven. Seven's like an intellectual movie. This is. I was about to say, I, I wonder if this person came away from this thinking they were trying to do a type of seven film. Right. That's why they're pissed. Yeah. Yeah, but the, I don't feel like this was a whole thing of, oh, who is Jigsaw? I mean, it really wasn't an established fucking character. This isn't, this isn't an episode of Scooby-Doo where an established character is always the bad guy. This is literally somebody you see on screen for like two seconds. Yeah, it was more like one of those, oh, fuck, bro, moments at the end and like I had to put the pieces together. Yeah, def- definitely didn't feel like it say. was like much of a, a mystery. I guess like a cop mystery, sure, but comparing it to like Seven, which is what it sounds like they're doing, it's two totally different movies. Yeah, I think this person definitely, which again, this is November 05. You haven't seen anything like this necessarily, or what this genre would become, so maybe this person's just in shock of what they saw, and they're just slamming shit against the wall. Who knows? Follow it up with a positive one here titled, I Loved It, from February 2005. Movies like Saw are the ones that make us believe in the horror genre. It's because of such movies that we like to see horror thriller movies. Let me tell you that after watching Saw, I wanted to buy the ticket and watch it again. Because I finally got to see a real gripping and tightly directed horror movie. The movie is very exciting, and it has a lot of goosebumps. However, if you are faint of heart, please do not see this movie. There is a lot of gore and violence, and it will make you jump out of your seat. I just cannot wait for the DVD to come out. Because I really want to buy this. My recommendation to you is you watch Saul. Have a good time like I did. Also, the movie has a great twist. 10 out of 10. I guess this goes back to being 2005. With the old... The movie has a lot of gore and violence in it. Yeah, it's shocking to kind of see that as a take. When I was looking through the reviews and then comparing it to the things we've been watching and kind of dissecting for the past couple of years. It's mild, I would say, at best here. Well, the thing is, too, um, like, I watched, for the review, I watched the unrated version of the movie. Oh, yeah, there's an unrated? Like, yeah, the stuff they had to cut out. Like, the most Ooh, what is, the most gory thing they cut out was, like, um, one of the characters is digging through, like, guts. Like, viscera and shit. Like, yeah, sure, that was pretty pretty bloody and brutal. And But, you know, back in 2005, all you saw was the rated R version. They, they cut that shit out. It's weird with this movie because... In the same vein as Hostel, they say those two movies kind of gave birth to the whole torture porn uh, genre. Yeah, because they're back to Neither one of the movies had that much gore and violence in them, for the most part. I'm sure they had their moments, but their, you know, subsequent uh, sequels and stuff, that's what really, you know, took it from fucking level one up to level 11. 
I would say that Hostel took it up a notch further than Saul did. Saul's pretty tame for the most part. Yeah, when they come out a year apart, Hostel. so I guess it's like that bar was set, so Hostel raised it, Saul to the next level, Hostel to the next level, and it's kind of, it's gotten, a, gotten us all the way to uh, Terrifier 2, if you will. Mm. <laughs> you see the poster? You guys see the posters for Terrifier 3? Was it the Christmas one where he's holding the, the Christmas axe? Christmas one, dude, where yeah, he got Santa Claus. I was thinking it was coming out this year just because of that poster, but I guess it's uh, next holiday season. Jeez, 2025? It's got to be because it's got Christmas uh, imagery all over it, right? He said he's fucking, he's taking it, he's taking the runtime down, so. Oh, so it's not another <laughs> But I could be in store hours. for another, it sucks because I'd fucking, I would Damn sit it, Hootie. three hours. I want the, uh, man, so, <laughs> so upset. I want the Lord of the Rings four-hour cuts where it's all extended. See fucking Sauron, and you get to see Art the Clown just fucking cutting people in half. Do you see fucking Art the Clown hours. like just splitting Frodo in half with a fucking hacksaw? Don't talk about Frodo like that. Maybe Sam's maybe over in the corner and screaming like a bitch with his eyes popped out. Aren't we supposedly going to learn about his backstory in this film? Supposedly. Oh, is that the Art the Clown? Oh, they've been feeding us like uh, little breadcrumbs throughout the uh, the second movie. So yeah, I would see that. That being the pretty, pretty like obvious uh, next step. Okay. Maybe Santa Claus. Maybe that's the twist. Wouldn't that be something? Krampus. Oh, speaking. I just, I just watched Krampus. Oh yeah, movie. first time. For the first time, it was good. Yeah, super fucking creepy, man. It was. It was better. What do you I think thought, about the? Uh, very creepy. Was it the Jack in the Box? It's yeah, like a big ass snake, and he's swallowing was... the girl. Oh, dude, that shit is so fucked up. That was unnerving. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh, the CGI and it sucks dick. Uh, it's really bad. The ginger, the gingerbread uh, characters with the, the nail gun. The gingerbread was yeah, the worst part of the film. Wasn't uh, Tony Collette in that as well? It's a really good movie. Oh yeah, she's in. She's it. fantastic. She's yes. so good. Scream Queen. And, we forgot about her. And the guy from Park, uh, Parks and Rec and Severance. I don't know his name, but that's where he's from. Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott. Sure. From Step Brothers. Derek. From Step Brothers. There you go. <laughs> he makes him lick that fucking dog turd. <laughs> he does. I got a belly full of white dog shit in me. All right, crazy. back on rails here. Let's talk about Saw from 2004. Uh, talking about the crew, uh, this guy doesn't need much of an introduction. We touched on him before. Uh, directed by Mr. James Wan, Australian filmmaker, known for quite a few big horror franchises that are still making boatloads of money. Uh, Insidious, Conjuring, Second Aquaman just came out. So he's... Uh, Definitely come a long way from this. You don't really see that kind of ascension from an indie horror director. So you got to clap for that, even if you're not a fan of his work. Yeah, we talked about Mr. Wan on uh, pretty much in-depth during the Contran episode. Um, you want to hear more about Malignant. Mr. Mr. Wan, check that one out. Um, Malignant. You are Malignant's coming for you. Ever reference. Motherfuckers, Malignant. it's coming. I would like to revisit it. I actually talked about it here. Uh, the way, I don't know, I think we talked about it during The Conjuring about the way he films his movies. Um, but the way he films his movies, you can tell his true calling. It might not be horror. It might be action movies. Yeah. Um, if you watch his horror movies, they're all filmed with that that fluidity. That, that trans- I mean, it's, why, it's why he got the job to direct both Aquaman, Aquaman movies and Furious, Furious 7. Um, but if you watch Malignant, the way he films Malignant, yeah, that's what's so cool about it. Man. It it's looks a horror like action a, movie. it's a horror action movie. Even with Saw, there are some um, callbacks to like a Tony Scott, the way he uses filters with different shots in the film that I could definitely see connected. 
All right, Jimmy won. He directed this movie. Also a co-writer. His writing partner here, a fellow by the name of Lee Wanell, who also wrote Insidious, Saw 2. He's now become a director. He directed Insidious 3 and The Invisible Man from a few years ago. It was actually like, uh, really underrated. A lot of people went kind of bonkers for that movie. So he's kind of become his own thing now. So pretty amazing to see two film school kids uh, from Australia figuring it out together. He wrote one of my one of my my guilty pleasure pleasure horror movies, uh, Cooties. Cooties with, is that an uh, Elijah Wood? With Elijah Wood and Rain Wilson. I think I seen Such a poster. A, it's, like, it, it's literally like um, a horror or not horror, like a uh, one of the Day of the Dead type movies in a school with uh, with like not really middle schoolers, but what's the one before middle school, <laughs> elementary school? Elementary, yeah, like yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a, a zombie Cuties. movie with uh, elementary, uh, elementary kids. It's so good. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you got your cootie shot. You remember that? Who he said, "No, nah, I never got cooties. Never got the vaccine either." Never, so never, uh, never heard. He's of that anti-vax. Bullshit. He says, "Fuck cooties." Uh, yeah, but he was a writer on this uh, story. It was by James Wan and Lee. What now? They kind of came up with the concept together, but Lee actually penned the script for the movie. Insidious 3 was not the best Insidious by a long shot, yeah. so that is kind of a black I think guy. this is a directorial debut, right? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I, I is think it considered he's... better than 2? I don't remember the third one at all. The sequels are so forgettable that I don't... Yeah. Uh, for me, the first one was forgettable because I don't watch any of that shit. Whoa, hot take. Hot oh. take. No, thank you. You watched Conjuring, I watched, I watched The Conjuring, good. that's enough. That's Same enough. shit. Yeah, that's all I got behind the scenes. Like we said, this is a pretty independent production, so not a lot of big names um, aside from the two creative minds that kind of put all this together. I had something in in connection to how small this film was. Tortured Films produced this, and they have produced all ten Saw movies, including Spiral and, strangely enough, Yes Man, starring Jim Carrey. Torture Films? Yeah. Is it Twisted Pictures? Twisted Pictures, I thought. It's got, it's got such a cool fucking logo. That's the only reason. It does have a cool logo. It's like this the nail going through the barbed wire. I think they yeah. became a company to just to produce this movie. So it's definitely like their bread and butter. All right, so moving on behind the scenes, let's talk about some of uh, what it went into making this bad boy. Uh, pretty interesting fact: this movie was shot in eighteen days. That's like two and a half weeks, man. It's the last yeah, time you did something that, that effectively. I wish I had like the number of hours. That it took. So I can say that. You said, you said days, I said the weeks. And then we had I bet we can add like AI to do it in here one day. <laughs> like on the fly voice calculation. That took AI start 600 notes. hours. <laughs> That's a crazy tight schedule. Yeah. I mean, they definitely had to have mapped out everything they were going to do. I, yeah, I it, think I read somewhere that they didn't even have rehearsals. Right, they yeah. Like they were recording in. rehearsals, basically. I could just see what the actual. What's my, my motivation? If I could oh, figure you can it out. Tell what Danny Glover's Cut, you're done movie. for the day. They didn't have no fucking rehearsals. Like he did, he did good. Dan, he he did good, Danny Glover. But uh, at the same time, there was a few scenes. <laughs> He's shooting the gun and he fucking drops the magazine. He says, "What the fuck? You're a fucking cop, bro." <laughs> what do you mean, what the fuck? That was a great line reading. Uh, the movie was first screened in January 2004 at the Sundance Film Festival. 
had a super positive review, so Lionsgate picked up the distribution rights. It was planned as a straight-to-video release, which is crazy. Uh, they decided instead to release it theatrically in October 2004 in North America. Wise decision. As this Somebody is like retired like one off of that, the right? highest-grossing whatever horror movies of all time. I guess movies of all time, really. Yeah, like it was the first one since Scream that like broke the bank as far as an RV. Like a million movie. dollar budget and it returned over a hundred million. Right. That's fucking crazy. These are the kind of movies to where studio execs can can retire, can just sit back and just milk the rest of their career. Right. But shit, what are the ones that pass it up, dude? Like Jason Blum pretty much did this with the uh, Paranormal Activity movie. That was made for like fifteen K. He bought that up and made hundreds of millions of dollars off of it. You never have to do anything again at that point. Did Blumhouse do Halloween? The new ones? Yeah, they did the new trilogy. Of course they did. Joey, how do you how do you feel about those? Uh, I loved Halloween Ends. Oh my fucking okay. God. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, fantastic. Uh, not enough movies nowadays take chances. That movie took a chance and in my opinion it fucking soared. Yeah, they recorded somebody taking a dump for two hours, Joey. That's taking a chance too. Is that something you want yeah, to say? I even enjoyed no. Halloween Halloween Kills. Had some of the best kills of the series. You're just fucking trolling. It's going to be so long before we get to even talk about it. Michael Myers is mowing through fire. Oh, 2018 so Halloween. Cool, the only one dude. worth watching in that series. Had that fire axe. He was just going to town, bro. Uh, and had the dude from Breakfast Club uh, being an The worst part was badass. the Fucking Tommy. God, son <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. But anywho, yeah, made a ton of money. Um... Whoever made that decision, wherever you are, I'm sure you're drinking Mai Tais on the beach right now. So Juan pitched this idea to Winnell of two men chained to opposite sides of a bathroom with a dead body in the middle of the floor, and they figure out why and how they're there. End of the movie, they realize that the person in the room is the reason they are locked in the room. To which Winnell said, open my diary at the same time and wrote the word saw. It's such an easy concept. These are the kind of movies that make you sit back and go, I am a moron for not coming up with something I could do that. Like this. And then you try, and your ideas are even worse dog shit. And you, yeah. you're incapable of executing it. Uh, another kind of interesting note the character of Jigsaw did not even come up until months later. But Nell was having migraines, convinced he had a brain tumor, and he imagined a character who had been given a short amount of time to live, combined with the idea of putting others in a situation where they had to choose what they would do if they had a few minutes to live. You couldn't have me as an x-ray technician. Why? You could not dead, have bro. me doing the fucking CAT scan, bro. As soon as it comes back and I read the results, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. I would just be Who saying, your daddy and then even when it was a tumor, like, do? it's a tumor. I would even do it still as like a comedic voice. You should have a soundboard. It's, it's It'll be tough for that patient. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Bedside manners, uh, not your forte. <laughs> They'd be putting down their emergency contact. It'd be their father's name. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who is your daddy <laughs> and what does he do? Oh, man. I'm on a roll tonight. Yeah, that was kind of funny that uh, Jigsaw was all like secondary to the idea here. And he is basically what this franchise becomes. Like The whole idea of two guys locked in a room is, is literally one movie idea. And then... Some shit he came up with a few months later kind of becomes the seed that becomes a franchise that's making bank 20 years later. Well, shit, the initial idea was being, I think we were locked in the elevator or something, so it was even more small scale. Even smaller, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just Devil, which was a god-awful movie. Oh, it was a Shyamalan, um, but, right? 
Hootie's yes, boy. You know, my boy. Hootie's my boy. boy. I went and saw it in theaters. Yikes. Damn right. I was rock hard. Yikes. This is kind of a Shyamalan movie, the way it plays out. But it's not, not, not enough not to be a Shyamalan movie for me to appreciate it a little more. Mm, how about that? Uh, so I watched Saw, the first one, obviously, for this podcast. And then I said, huh, I wonder where the series has gone. So I went and watched Saw 10. Wait, you went from Ooh. one to ten? And That's a, is that a direct oh, yeah. sequel? Yeah. I ain't got time to go from one to ten. What do you mean? Why a direct sequel? The sequels are subsequent, like two, three, four, and five. I thought ten was like a direct sequel to the OG. They're doing like the reheat thing. I might be full of shit. I've never seen it. Well, I did see it. And they have made Jigsaw, a Tobin and Bell, uh, a fucking hero. Legend, baby. Oh, well, they, they do that throughout the rest dude. of the movies, too. I'll talk about it a little bit later. In the I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like <laughs> Seems cool, people. And <laughs> you're supposed to be happy like about that. it. They might not do it in a way that's so blatant as, uh, as Tin, but they do kind of like see him as a, um, not really a martyr, but somebody responsible for making other people change them, their lives. Maybe like a, a sadistic inspiration, in, inspirational coach or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, kind of going back to Seven, that's like the whole thing about John Doe, ironically named John in that movie, is that uh, you kind of agree with some of his ideology, as fucked up as it is. I think that's kind of why I mean, people make so many comparisons between the two. I can't get behind it, man. I am. I used to be the biggest Punisher fan before that came under scrutiny. Um, but even as an avid Punisher fan, this shit's too far. They, they take it a whole nother level with this fucking movie because it's the it's goddamn law enforcement saying that he's innocent or not a killer. I'm gonna talk about it later. Yeah. Technically, not a killer. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Technically, he just made somebody crawl through barbed wire. Technically. All right. Let me let me get back to a few more notes we got here. In order to help the studios take interest in the script, Winnell provided five thousand U.S. dollars to make a seven-minute short film based on the script's jaw trap scene, which they thought would be the most effective. Winnell played David, the man wearing the reverse bear trap. Did you guys watch this at all? No, I saw that you sent a thumbnail, so I figured you might bring me some fresh <laughs> yeah, perspective to it. Though. I watched the short. Uh, the short is literally the entire scene with Amanda. Um, that's the short. For the most part, um, with a little bit, a little bit less like exposition and you know reasoning behind it, but the short's worth watching for one thing and one thing alone. And as Chris mentioned in our Discord messages, we have a picture of oh. the uh, jigsaw puppet Billy with a, with a fucking bowler's hat, <laughs> and it's like the cutest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, man. It is adorable. It's fucking but awesome. But if it was a Cabbage Patch Kid, it would be ten yeah, times fucking so more terrifying. fucking dope. <laughs> oh shit if we if we have a thumbnail for this i want it to be the fucking bowler hat jigsaw or a billy billy puppet excuse me and speaking to the short film we got known here one shot it over two days and transferred the footage to dvds that they actually shipped along with the script when they wanted to play the lead character in the feature film uh they sold themselves as a director actor team rather than just two people who wrote a script so Juan told producers lee has to act in it and i have to direct it it worked out for everyone involved because Winnell's actually he's starting to make a name for himself as well. I know you talked about a few of his credits, but uh, he's uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. But he's not really an actor, right? He's more of like a filmmaker at this oh, point. Oh no, 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 no! Are you talking about Lee Winnell? Yeah, dude, he's been like he's been credited like thirty times, like as, as an, an actor. actor. Yeah, really interesting. You look very familiar. It was in Matrix Reloaded. 
Dude, you know what tripped me out? How much Boom. this fucking guy looked like Ezra Miller in this movie. Yeah, oh yeah. And in the fucking short, he looks just like him. Refresh? I was like, this is a flash going back in time and been in this fucking movie, and I just didn't realize it until oh now. God, That's man. the real fucking twist. It's part of the multiverse. Now that you say it, now I can't unsee it. Uh, but yeah, speaking to the money, um, throw that out there. The budget was one to one point two million dollars, and the box office pulled in one hundred three point nine million dollars. That's roughly that's one hundred x boys. That's fucking huge. You always have to have respect too for when like uh, an artist, which I mean, I, I guess you can call like directors artists, right? When an artist like banks on themselves. I read that uh, Mr. Wan. Instead of taking like an upfront salary, actually settled for a percentage of the uh, the actual box office. He made out like gangbusters. No one Wanell said pulled. cut me a fucking check for fifty k and I'm good. But you always hear those stories and I'm like that's fucking awesome. Somebody did that. You never hear about the guys who did that and then the movie made five dollars. You know. Oh, like the guy for like. I want to interview one of those guys or some shit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm not gonna take any money to direct Critters Eight. They are what you eat. I want, I want profits. Let me win again, dude. I'm ready to get in the Critters. Look, the sooner we get in the Critters, the sooner we get to see Leonardo DiCaprio in Critters. What was it, Critters 4? Critters, three critters or two? four? I think it's three. three. The one the Easter Bunny, I think, is the one he's in. So you all just got sports betting. So you're gonna you're about to go into the entire world of, of sports betting, and it's a lot on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. X. Every, it right, everybody will tell you what bet slips won. But nobody tells you what bets. Look at this lost. shit, cashing it out. Bam, damn, you're still in the negative, bro. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Which segues us into our reading for prize picks. Who do you want to go for that? They want Christian McCaffrey on the over this week. If only. Christian McCaffrey is out. That's just a tidbit free for oh, the show. There you go. There's your Taco Tuesday. Isn't that what they call that? Even though this will come out, what, a week, two weeks later? <laughs> what do you know? Fucking still going to be out. <laughs> He's not playing on Friday when this comes out. I know that. Captain Hindsight, like from fucking South Park. I got one little tidbit here. James Wan, he handcrafted the original Billy Puppet. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty fucking dope. Like, it's pretty impressive. I mean, to create something that's literally, uh, we use this fucking, we throw this fucking word around um, quite a bit, but for good here reason, a horror icon. He's a horror icon, and he was practically yeah, made. Iconic, and was like a last minute addition to the whole uh, the movie itself. So, isn't it strange that in Saw, the the person who does the killing isn't even the focal point? It's this damn puppet. That's the thing that's interesting about Jigsaw. He doesn't kill people, man. <laughs> he doesn't. He's like Charles Manson. Get that guy out of jail. Um, he didn't do it, man. I think he's dead now. But yeah, I, they, they throw. Nope. I think rest they in peace. Created. What's the opposite of rest in peace? Before you go any further, go to hell. Rest in hell. Rest in hell. B i h. B-I-H. Yeah, motherfucker, B-I-H, brother. Burning hell, B-I-H. But yeah, I did read that uh, he made that puppet himself uh, out of good old clay and paper mache. Made me think of Joy and his paper mache crafting activities he apparently did uh, under the sheets at night when I wasn't paying attention. Oh, I made I made my own paste. Oh, God damn. I was like... I was like, what is that paste in Dream Warriors, Joy? He's, oh, that's, that's, that's water and flour. You gotta got never take art classes, man, shit. Water and flour. Joey preferred that gold medal. I was in art hoodies in that class where they got to give you a damn a bib when you're drawing shit on yourself. 
Damn right. I was in horticulture, baby. Horticulture. That was the one where the OGs were. <laughs> that was where you could listen to DMX in class in fucking horticulture. X gonna give it to you. He gonna give it to you. But yeah, apparently he, uh, his eyes were painted ping pong balls. He was stuffed with paper towel rolls. They pulled him around the set with a fishing line. So a lot of, a lot of cool practical stuff attached to old Billy the Puppet. And the name is uh, never uttered in any of the movies, apparently. It's just like a, a funny name that Mr. Wan gave to his creepy-ass doll. I had one bit of TMZ drama connected to this film. Oh, don't, get, don't tell me Billy got canceled. What the fuck did he do? Billy did not get canceled. Billy the puppet as of was fingering this, Annabelle. This is the Carrie Elwes bullshit. As of this podcast, this is the Carrie Elwes uh, yeah. bullshit. What did Carrie Elwes do? Carrie Elwes filed a lawsuit against the producers and the production company because he only received a nominal salary with back-end revenues. That's it, just back-end revenues, which I'm sure was handsome. It's a million-dollar movie. He claimed to have been promised 1% of the profits, which would have been considerable since the film made, as you said, Chris, $100 million globally. The case was finally settled out of court, but due to disagreements, Elvis chose not to be involved with any of the sequels until Saw 3D in 2010. Come around. Money talks, baby. Come around. Money talks. He said, I got to settle See that stump in 3D? Jesus Christ, screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> he did have one of the best lines in the movie when he said, fuck this shit. That was fucking fuck funny. Shit. Yeah, he I did like the so character turn. He was fucking frustrated with that goddamn Fuck that shit. <laughs> That's how I feel he like. sweating his ass That's off. how I feel when I'm editing this podcast and there's like 10 minutes left and I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to do we, How do we feel about his performance in the movie? No two thumbs up for me, Dude, pal. this is so. like some William Shatner over the top fucking shit, bro. There were some weird moments in there. I'm like, I thought you were the only actor on set here, really. What the fuck are you doing? He was going for an Oscar in Saul. There's some there's some stuff with him I will, I will go into when we, when we get to the actor piece yeah. that I think I know why he did that. But, I mean, it was an 18-day shoot. I doubt he got more than, like, two takes of those emotional scenes, you know. And apparently there's no fucking rehearsal, so let's just go. Yeah, but they give you a script to, to fucking practice at home. All right, boys, you ready to get into it? You ready to go into this dirty-ass bathroom? I'd like to play a game. Dr. Gordon. Open up the movie Underwater with Adam, played by Mr. Lee Winnell, who was a writer on the movie. We mentioned him already. He wakes up in a water-filled bathtub, kicks the plug, and we see a mysterious object sucked down the drain. As he calls for help, we learn that he is not alone. Dr. Lawrence Gordon, played by Carrie Elwes, who you may know from Princess Bride, Robin Hood Men in Tights, that asshole Jonas from Twister, is in the same room and turns on the lights. A body lies between them with a revolver and a cassette recorder. There's your fucking setup. It's that simple. You also left out that Carrie Ellis is in Rebel Moon, so let's go ahead and I do didn't that watch justice. Rebel Moon. How about God. that Zack Snyder? The Zack Snyder cut. Zacky Snyder. That dude does have a catalog of bangers, even though like pretty much late '80s, late '90s, that was his era. After that, it's he's on the back nine of his his acting career. He's so, like, sweet point. in Princess Bride, but he's such a douche in everything else. 
You also left out Liar Liar. And he was the fucking asshole in Days of Thunder. He's the asshole in like everything. I mean, he is. That's the haircut, man. That's his role. It's him and like Carl from Ghost, you know? Like, that's. They just can't help but be that fucking guy. We saw him in Delco Experiment. Now, he was a dick. Good looking guy, but what a fucking asshole. So apparently, Carrie Elwes was 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 on a fast track to be one of the best Shakespearean actors in the country. Yeah, he's definitely got that and look then, to him. And then chose to be in films because obviously it's more lucrative. And I think that's why you see him just really going forward in Saw. <laughs> he said, "You know what, Romeo and Juliet, this is not, but I'm gonna fucking bring it. I will make this vibe." Y'all see that new Carrie Always joint? How many people said that leaving that fucking theater that night? <laughs> Zero. Is that the guy from uh, Princess Bride? Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, I really liked him in Robin Hood, uh, Men in Types. But um, I mean, he's same movie to me. He's bringing star power here. He helps get this movie made. He's one of the first people to read the script, so can't really shit on him too much. I don't think we would have had the movie if it weren't for him. So I got, a, I got a question here. How the fuck was Adam asleep in the water, not drowning? No fucking idea. The first of many plot holes, but underwater for at least a few minutes, the water was calm, asleep, I guess, or drugged. I don't fucking know. Some people can lay back in the water and it doesn't go up their nose. They have like superpowers. Well, he's Ezra That's Miller, point, so he's though. like, I guess he's, he's got, got the Flash's Aquaman. powers. Can the, is the, can the Flash Very drown? He don't talk to fish. Is this the fucking prequel for Aquaman? Now that we're really getting to it. But yeah, you remember the, uh, I always think about, it's one of the Jean-Claude Van Dams where he's like meditating underwater, laying backwards. It always freaked me out as a kid. Because I hate water up my damn nose, man. Maybe Jason Momoa finds that object that floats down the drain that you see at the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's all about pollution. That's what the fuck it is. And it was like glowing blue, right? Yeah, it was, yeah that, the whole opening's kind of bizarre, We'll come back yeah. to it later, but it is definitely like more questions than answers here. Dude, when the camera pans up and shows the dead guy in his undies in the middle of the floor. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't have the balls to go on in and like show a giant shit stain on his boxers. To really push <laughs> forward the idea that he is actually dead. That would have fucking sold it. The unrated version, I'm sure. It's a big old fucking brown dookie streak right there. What if Dr. Lawrence is like, he hasn't shit himself yet. That's how you know <laughs> he's not so, dead. And then crazy. all of a sudden he just gets like a <laughs> little volcano. <laughs> Oh, God. Team America style. Shit just myself. shitty for like 30 minutes. <laughs> to make this fucking believable, I got to shit. <laughs> Shitting on command. But yeah, there's your setup. That's, uh, it's amazing. I can explain that in a paragraph. And that's, that's kind of the, what the whole movie is about, you know. Envelopes in their pockets contain tapes. Gordon's envelope holds a key and a bullet, but the key does not unlock their chains. Both tapes reveal a distorted voice. Adam is called a voyeur and challenged to act. While Gordon must kill Adam by 6 o'clock to save his family. Hacksaws are found in the shitter, initially believed to be for the chains, until Gordon determines they are for their feet. There was some thick-ass stool in that bowl, so maybe the man got his shit out before he committed suicide. Man, any of you boys ever took a shit that felt you felt so proud of that you drew a little heart in, in the dookie? With the like shit? Some of the mm. dookie, like the heart that was on the, uh, the bowl. That's still on the old bucket list. That might stay there for me, but that's just that's just me. I feel like you have to be like in a truck stop bathroom in like your eighties, and it just gets everywhere, and you say, "Fuck it, I'm signing this one." I get it. I'm signing this one. <laughs> Who cares if I get a disease? 
Just like at Bubba Hotel when writes on the shit out his walls. He's sucking my soul through my asshole. <laughs> There's also a lot of like throwing objects back and forth here across the room for these actors. Yeah, I was a little throughout new with this, this scene. No one in real life, Carrie Elwes couldn't throw shit anywhere. Every time. Every time he went to throw something, the blocking when it landed was like off. I was like, this dude obviously has never thrown a baseball in his fucking life. He'd be like, Ugh, and it would like roll on the ground to the left. It's the Keanu Reeves thing. Like Keanu Reeves can't throw a lot of balls because he's been in like he's been in hardball. He's been in the replacements Freddie and Prince, they have man. to cut around it. Yeah, Freddie Prince is another example. It's fucking weird, right? It's very like they can't be human beings. It's very strange. Dude, right here where they're uh, they're introducing themselves to each other. Carrie Elwes, his fucking character, Doctor Gordon. He asks, "Are you going to tell me your name or what?" I'm hoping they're saying his name's like Nemo or Ladle or some shit. Imagine like this super serious dire situation, and this doctor has to address this guy's ladle for the next hour and a half. But yeah, I mean the whole reveal about they got we have to cut our feet. It's one of those like it's a good moment. It's hard having seen this a hundred times and everything we've seen since. But I used to work at a hardware store, as you two know, and I know my way around a handsaw. A fucking a. We're talking fresh off the shelf handsaw couldn't cut through your bone, much less the rusty ass handsaws they had. It was a, it was a low budget, man. What the fuck did you want them to have? Like the jaws of life from like the fucking. I'm <laughs> just saying that, that that if you know your tools, that's unbelievable. That, the shit, a good hacksaw though, you can cut through that fucking metal. That chain. Yeah, so is this a hacksaw like, or is this rusty... a handsaw? What? I think it's technically a hacksaw. What yeah, makes a something hacksaw. a hacksaw? Is it the teeth are serrated a certain way? It's the double-sided. you got to screw in the tips. Uh, and, a, and a handsaw is like one whole unit. Handsaw is that big motherfucker oh, gotcha. that play like bluegrass on. So there's more torque. Hell there's yeah. torque on a handsaw because the screws make the blade yeah. tight. That makes sense. Got it. Taut. Mm. You can tell I've worked at zero days in a hardware store in my life. But yeah, also with the voice, I mean, it's... I mean, it's kind of a spoiler to say it now, but the guy who's doing the voice is an actor by the name of Tobin Bell, who I don't even really think I called out in all these notes because he's not really in the movie, um, but cast solely for his voice. I thought that was pretty interesting, considering how much fucking bank he's made since. I guess a good way to describe his voice is, like, menacing. It's very deep. I had some things on Tobin Bell here, because I was, like, you, just interested in this dude, because this is all that I know that he's ever been in. He was in Heat, right? He's in been a few he was good in movies, Heat. yeah. He was in Mississippi Burning, mm. and he was in The Firm with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I did see The Firm recently, too. Because I think he has like weird soul patch in all those 90 movies. I'm like, is this fucking Jigsaw? <laughs> is this fucking Jigsaw? Tom Cruise, Cruise, get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, so I had two very strange things here. One, he considers Saw Two to be his favorite in the entire franchise. Oh yeah, does he have the most screen right, time? Because he got one? the most fucking screen time. There you go. Uh, and there's no way. There's a whole movie called Jigsaw. I haven't seen it, but I'm oh, assuming oh, oh, oh. he's he's in the wait wait. He's not in Jigsaw. I would hope he is. Also, he donated two vials of his own blood to be mixed with red ink for 1,000 posters to help promote Saw 3. All proceeds went to the American Red Cross. All proceeds went to Carrie Elwes' lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you're coming back for the third one, right? 
I don't know if I want the man's blood on a poster in my house. It, it just depends, like on your level of fandom. Like if you're if you're someone who's willing to buy a Saul 3D poster, if you were that into it, <laughs> then you're probably gonna want a little bit of his blood too. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> you can run like experiments and shit on it to see if you really had cancer. What if they didn't sell all thousand? That would suck. Yeah, we still got like, like two hundred left. You on eBay? One guy's got like five. He's been trying to get rid of forever. I know what you're always getting for Christmas. All next you gotta year. do is put Mondo on it, and I'll fucking buy it. He damn right. It's got big. It's got big bold letters. Tobin Bell's blood. Tobin Bell fucking bled for this. The film reveals the first of way too many, in my opinion, flashbacks of previous victims, Paul and Mark, showing their failed escape attempts. We meet Detective Tap, played by Danny Glover, who you may know as being too old for this shit in a movie series called The Weapon. Fucking Murto. I'm getting too old for this shit. And Detective Singh, played by Ken Leung, who you may know as that one fucking guy from Rush Hour. Oh shit, that wasn't James Wan playing this character? He was also the porcupine thing in X-Men, I believe. First of all, it's a porky if you're going to talk about <laughs> Rush Hour, you better call him Sang, which is his fucking name in that movie. Name is Sing in this movie, and it's Sang in That's Rush Hour. That's not what Glover, Danny Glover says. Hey, Sing, get the fuck over here. Look at this. Now watch your stuff <laughs> off. You're breeding. $50 million. Man, who you think you're kidding at? Chesley Clinton. Dude, I He's badass in Rush so Hour. Much. Man. <laughs> I've been looking for your sweet and sour chicken ass. Uh, Ken is, is in Oz, The Soprano, Lost. Lost He's yeah. in some really good... Television. He's in Rush Hour, yeah. though. I mean, he that kind of Rush Hour. He had, like, no dialogue in Rush Hour. He was just, like, the heavy. <laughs> he was, like, the badass martial artist. And that's all I'm ever going to think about with this guy. The girl don't like you. Nobody likes you. This might be my one and only time to ever go in on Danny Glover. Yeah, go ahead and uh, let me bow out. Oh, Predator, so, right? This man was in Lethal Predator Weapon. Two. Predator 2. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Great film. The original Color Purple. Lonesome Dove. Angels in the Outfield, Operation Dumbo Drop, oh, fuck, and a fucking classic Gone Fishing. Jesus Christ, I've seen too many of those movies to be proud of. Did you talk about Shooter? He was shooter in Shooter, was dope, he has man. false teeth in there, and his dialogue is all Angels in the Outfield, that's a fucking throwback right there, man. We, that's a banger. We watched the fuck out of that one. Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> fuck yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. How, how, how many can we name until we, until we give up? <laughs> all right, I'm out. He admits that he did Gone Fishing and Operation Dumbo Drop strictly for the money. Why the fuck are we talking about Danny Glover so much? I love I love Danny Glover. If he's in second bill, right? He shit besides Lethal Weapon. Uh, let's talk about Dana Meyer, though. Who is that? Carrie. Like, the only the only Carrie. consistent character for the next three movies. Oh, she's, three? She, that was the third police officer there? Oh, yeah. I didn't that's, even include uh, her. That's Dana Meyer. I know you didn't, I didn't however... She plays a key role in one of my favorite movies of all time. Starship Troopers, man. It's Diz from Starship Troopers. She's the main chick in that? I did see that. Uh, no, the main chick no, is the chick uh, from... Damn, she ain't even the main things. chick in it. Yeah, that really hot lady. I forget her name. The one that... Uh, Charlie Sheen's girl. The one that got AIDS from Charlie Sheen. Jesus Christ. Denise Richards? Denise Richards, yep. Denise Richards. Gorgeous I don't think that's, I don't think Have that's true. Have you seen right. her... Fake news. OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh God! She has yes, one with children. her daughter. Oh my! Oh, right, it's fucking on. wild oh, up in there. Moving on. It's wild. <laughs> that's in that something. Okay. But uh, so this lady yeah, Dina Meyer, <laughs> man, that's uh, that's from Starship Troopers, one of my favorite movies. Um, she's not in the movie very much, but uh, she also played uh, Kara from Dragonheart, man. 
Dragonheart, yeah. Fuck hit, me yeah. With a, hit me with a Dragonheart while you had it, Chris. I am the last one. <laughs> What's the, that's, that's Sir fucking... Uh, What's his name? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Dude, I got one from Iron Raider. Next time, stab more flesh, less cloth. I'll pierce your heart. You already did. Yeah, I gotta watch Dragonheart again. Fuck, it's a good one for the kid. You're telling me that somebody who was in Starship Troopers and it was better than Danny Glover? All right, there's two detectives, Tap and Sing, that work in a case dubbed the Jigsaw Killer. There's a Carrie lady there. She has one scene, so apparently she's important later. We'll she's get back in other to movies, her. though. We'll see her in the sequels. In the present day, Dr. Gordon notes that the killer does not murder, but sets up life-threatening situations. Flashback, once again, features the police interrogating Amanda Young, played by Shawnee Smith, who is the Salt Lady, Jigsaw's sole known survivor, who claims the test made her a better person. She starred in, uh, we talked about it last episode, uh, Nightmare 3, Chuck Russell's The Blob. Yeah, Hootie was fapping over there. I, I really like The Blob, man. 88 Blob. Also played a, uh, a bit part in Armageddon. She I had that, yeah. I know that did. movie. Uh, she played mm. the role of Redhead. <laughs> oh, was she the, oh, was she the high Redhead with Will Patton? How the fuck do you know that? Oh, that's a great fucking movie. Was she, the, was she the hot Redhead? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different lady. It's definitely not her. I don't know, but from the looks of her lips in this movie, Jigsaw made her eat her way out of a goddamn dookie room or something. <laughs> there was fudge rounds after she, she got, got out of the contraption. She smudged all over her face. She was also in GTA Vice City as the radio voice of Fever 105. That's fucking funny, oh, hell man. yeah. That's like some of the best shit about those games. Just listen to like the talk shows and the radio hosts and all that. A GTA 6, man, is going to be a fucking banger. I'm That's going to be a banger. Anyway, we're digressing here. So we've seen Paul and Mark get fucked up. We've seen like the first two failed traps go off here. We had the razor wire guy and the broken glass guy. So razor wire guy, I feel like if if they would, if Chicksaw would have threatened to share the guy's browser history with his like family or co-workers, he would have, he would have gotten out of that. I mean, because you know that guy, just by looking at it, was into like some depraved shit. According to Jigsaw, he was like a perfectly healthy, normal person. And he tried to kill himself, so he was like, Prove you want to live, motherfucker. Claw through the razor wire. But the other guy's crime was like he was pretending to be paralyzed? Was that what oh, was? he was getting a government for the check, or a check from the government. So why the hell is Jigsaw so still in the, the bag for the government? Like, fuck the government. <laughs> he's, in, he's in the bag. <laughs> Jigsaw, like, like, trying to protect the fucking federal government. I thought Jigsaw would be more of a communist. You got people out here who actually are disabled who can't get. Oh, like people that are suffering in his place. I yeah. got you. You talk about that guy that, that, who was taken from the government. So he knocked that man out, covered him in some flammable <laughs> gelatin, <laughs> and then gave him a candle. You never shit. know people's sexual fetishes are. He might have covered him in that shit before he, he knocked him out. He took a page out of him, Jason Statham's <laughs> book, and covered him in honey because apparently honey's flammable. The beekeeper, baby. They keep saying that in that fucking trailer. And all the honey I got in my house, this place is a ticking time bomb. We need to get Hootie's Honey brand in the Beekeeper movie with Jason Statham. It'd be fucking fantastic. Hootie's Honey. I'm the Beekeeper. Have we, have I'm here we to keep over, the bees. Uh, I don't know. That's about the we went over that, at this point, Dr. Gordon is a suspect? Like, the reason? Uh, yeah, he kind of mentions during this flashback here that he was brought in to witness the interrogation of Amanda because they believed he was uh, he's a suspect because they found his pen 
No, his fleshlight. At one of the crime scenes? It was a what? His fleshlight. Fleshlight. Right there. Pretty small for a penis. Fleshlight at the scene. This seemed very weak to me. It's, It's kind of forced into the film. Yeah, I think anything outside of the room and outside of Jigsaw and his mentality is kind of like blah. It's kind of one of my biggest pet peeves about the movie. There's so many fucking flashbacks trying to make me be interested in things. Oh, there's flashbacks like, within flashbacks in the movie. Yeah, it's fucking rough. And the thing is... Danny Glover's sweating his ass I hate off. it now. It becomes a hallmark for the series. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm all about a non-linear narrative, but you got to fucking earn it. You can't just keep cramming them down my throat montage style. The thing is, if you... It's one of those type of movies. You see the fucking ending, right? And you go back and rewatch it. You pay super close attention for every like little detail. You actually see a few a few instances where it all makes sense and where it's obvious who who Jigsaw actually is and how the pin light got to where it is and everything. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's such an obscure um an obscure detail to look for. It's like how can you expect anybody to find the shit? Yeah, again, kind of going back to what we were saying about that reviewer who was like, oh, this is like an intellectual puzzle. I don't believe that was the intent here. It was more thriller style. If I'm having to watch the movie with, watch a, fucking micro, mi- like, like, um, uh, with a magnifying glass, then that's like, it's really, it's asking too much of the viewer. And what about the quick deaths, too? That's kind of shocking on a rewatch here. Like, all these traps and shit go down. People are dead, like, within seconds. It's definitely not the torture porn that I kind of expected on the rewatch. I think that the rest of the franchise probably made us think that these were going to be torture porn because Saw 2, there's a lot of torture porn. Oh, the rest of the franchise I just Saw is, 10. is legit. If, the, if there is such a thing as torture porn, it legit is torture porn. And there's legit like five-minute scenes of people like slowly being cut in half and shit, right? Yeah, they, they lady chopping her leg off in Saw 10. took a while. I think I see like a, somebody in a pig mask coming up slowly behind Joy right now to fucking get him's ass back on. Appreciate it. Oh, fuck life. that. I got the goddamn alarm on, dude. Take me. I'm waiting. Adam and Dr. Gordon discover a hidden camera leading to, you guessed it, a flashback of Gordon's family getting abducted. You may recognize his wife as the lovely Miss Monica Parter, who was Trisha Poe in Con Air, you motherfuckers. Mm. Somebody like those characters in this movie, dude. Trisha Poe, you angel, you. That's Scarlet Green, man. You ain't getting nowhere near my daughter. Buckle up. Man, that's such a good fucking movie. I went down a rabbit hole with this movie, man. That It almost took as long as watching the actual Saw movie for the review. You guys remember the um, How Do I Live Without You, right? How do I oh, live? Trisha Yearwood later he, covered well, by Leanne Rhymes. You say that. Or Leanne Rhymes. Yeah. Trisha's Rimes. better. Go ahead and throw it out there. The movie... Or the, the they were going to have Leanne Rhymes record that song for the movie, right? Said it was too poppy. Had Trisha Yearwood record it instead. Trisha Yearwood had no idea that Leanne Rhymes had recorded the same song. They came out the same fucking day. Oh, on well, radio? How's on like? radio. Came out the same day. They was up for they was up for an award at the Grammys. Together. They, Together. They had Leanne Rhymes sing the fucking song. Right before they gave out the award for the Grammy, that went to Trisha Yearwood because it was better. Yeah, it was. It's a whole drama behind it, man. You guys need to check this shit out. The song is fantastic. Wow. How do I? I mean, Trisha is much better than Leanne. Rodgers. It's more soulful. She got that, got that southern soul. You know when when she's in the damn she's in hospital and she sees Cameron get off the fucking plane and shit. 
God. Emotion. If, I like how Joey calls it. you didn't get teary, like, teary eyed, you don't have a heart, you know? I like when she's working at the bar when he first comes home from uh, military and she's sitting, and the guy's like, he's like, who's this guy? She says, oh, he's a regular. The guy says, a regular hound dog. He starts barking at her. <laughs> Yet another flashback features Detective Tappet Singh breaking into Jigsaw's lair. During a confrontation, Jigsaw escapes, injuring Tap in the process. Singh pursues, but is killed by a shotguns on a tripwire. Oh, what a cool Why this motherfucker dressing like Obi-Wan Kenobi during this scene? What the fuck was that about? <laughs> he comes out looking like Floyd Mayweather with that fucking thing on. What was that, bro? It's another plot hole here. They never look at this dude's face this whole time? Pull the fucking yeah, hood I, off I, his they head? They do look at his face. I mean, Danny Glover, like... Has eye contact well, with you him. You left out a key detail that, that added a lot of drama and and shit to the situation with the guy being strapped to the chair and the goddamn drills quickly approaching his neck on each side. It's kind of hard to focus on like the 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 killer when you're trying to save somebody that's strapped to a chair. Well, I'm more concerned about Singh, man. He's actually a character here. He's the fucking guy from Rush Hour. Oh, that double barrel shotgun trap, dude. It's so dead. Who needs ADT, man? Get the fucking Jigsaw to set up a bunch of shotgun traps around the house. You're good to go. Bing, bang, boom. That shit was brutal, man. That was probably like the most brutal part of the whole movie, honestly. And they need just one shotgun. It's four of them. Nasty, nasty. So, let's talk about, you know, trying to tie all the loose ends up nice and tight. Well, this thing just said, fuck the loose ends, because they were able to track down this warehouse based on a K2K symbol. Graffiti. Which... Uh, which apparently only only held about four blocks. Yeah, it is four shitty blocks. Shitty game. <laughs> it's four shitty blocks, and uh, a fire alarm in the background of the video. So I guess between the fire alarm and the K two K, it's like they it's classic exactly like TV at. detective logic. I, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was actually kind of clever. He was playing the VHS for like thirty minutes. Yeah, he was doing his job. But I mean, that's all the evidence you have, right? He needed some beer and he needed to get laid, according to scene. He said, meanwhile, I got to get laid. I got the fleshlight that motherfucker live at the scene. <laughs> Who needs a girlfriend, bro? The city in which the film takes place is never mentioned, at least in this film. I don't know what the, what the sequels say. However, the map used by the detectives when reviewing the location for the fire alarms is a map of Washington, D.C. That's fucking wild. There you go. I would have guessed that. There's a lot of slow motion in this movie, too, to go with the flashbacks that kind of peeves me quite a bit, too. And we're talking about the action style that Mr. One utilizes a lot, but there's a lot of fucking like unneeded slow motion in this movie. Maybe he was padding runtime. I don't know. Oh, you say slow motion? No, there's a lot of unnecessary fast forward in this fucking movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of the uh, holy like shit. a tool music video, like that guy was saying in the uh, the negative review, <laughs> thrashing and shit. A close up of somebody's like uncircumcised dick. Yeah. Dude, the heavy metal like trap montages—they're—they're they're so campy and goofy, but they really do like fill the audience with a sense of like panic and desperation. Yeah, definitely. We weird. saw this in theaters, right? I don't think I did. I definitely saw one of the sequels in a the theater. I think I saw this in theaters, and like you imagine that like that fucking heavy metal music kicks in over the the loudspeakers, and they're fucking thrashing about real fast. You know, everybody gets on the skateboards right there in the fucking aisle. <laughs> Yeah, let's fucking mosh, boys. So, seeing off the board, Tap intensifies his unhealthy fascination with the case, leading to obsession. Discharged from the police force, 
He, for some fucking reason, becomes convinced that Dr. Gordon is the jigsaw killer. Tat moves into a house across the street monitoring Gordon with video surveillance. A lot of Chinese takeout. Danny is the creepiest person in this fucking movie. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. He was in the room with this man, and he still thinks it's Dr. Gordon. He looked him in the eyes. He spoke to him. That damn voice is one of a kind. I think a part of it, though, is when he gets... Did we talk about he gets his throat slit, right? Yeah, he got injured. And it's the yeah. uh, the scar. Somehow it's like lives. a big reveal. The jigsaw killer hits him in the throat with a precision, like, Assassin's Creed-type fucking cut. From yeah, he's holding the button. Under his arm and shit. But uh, it hit him in such a way where it's, like, medically precise. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't know how to do that better than a damn doctor? Oh, shit. Now he's on to something. He's an oncologist, though. He's not a surgeon, right? That, and I think he's he's so desperate now that his partner's been killed, he's just hanging on to whatever string he can hang on to. So you're telling me that I can just go somewhere, put down some fucking tripwire with shotguns, and whoever hits it, that ain't on me. <laughs> shit, man. You was running through sewage. What the fuck did you expect? As long as it's in your house. <laughs> I can do whatever I want in my house. I have, I have, I'll fucking Kevin McAllister the shit out of this place. I get a bunch That's of jacks. That's that conservative <laughs> mindset. What the fuck happened to Joy? He had a bunch of booby traps and shit in his house in the power one. I, I have a little flamethrower sitting up there, burn somebody's hair. He's hanging from the ceiling with his dick on fire from a blowtorch. <laughs> you come through that back window, I'm going to have a bunch of damn Christmas ornaments in the floor. Step on them. Go for it. <laughs> See what happens. But yeah, again, another plot hole. The whole Danny stuff is... I appreciate it most of the movie, but this is just, I don't know, doesn't fit. I feel like it, it comes to a decent conclusion. It's definitely nihilistic. We'll get to it. The only way we learn certain details is through the whole cop drama that takes place, or the cop mystery thriller. So I think it does lend itself to the overall movie, but at the same time, it takes away from it in the sense that you don't really get to meet and establish like a relationship with the two lead characters. In the bathroom, Gordon, assisted by Adam, discovers a box of cigarettes, a lighter, and a note suggesting he uses a poisoned cigarette to kill Adam. They attempt to fake Adam's death, but an electric shock reveals he's still alive. The box also has a one-way cell phone. They receive a call from Gordon's wife, Allison, who throws some shade at our boy Adam. Adam admits to spying for Detective Tap, witnessing Gordon fucking around at a hotel. And finding a photo of Zepp, an orderly at Gordon's hospital, in his hidden photographs. As they realize the connection, the clock strikes six. So it turns out that uh, Carrie Elwes' character, Dr. Gordon, is uh, doing a little bit of unprofessionalism here. He's, uh, he's, seeing, a, uh, he's seeing an Asian, an Asian intern uh, after hours at some CD hotel rooms. Looks like Larry went out for a little Chinese. <laughs> some Kung Pow 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 chicken. Gave her a little taste of his spring roll with some penis sauce. I mean, peanut sauce. God damn my Penis sauce. Uh, I have a no Is that uh, James Wan in a wig? <laughs> I thought she was pretty fucking hot. Yeah, she's fucking Honestly. hot, dude. I thought she was. It's too. a damn. She's looking, he's looking all right. Uh, damn, James. He must work out. Dr. Gordon pulls his cell phone out of his box and immediately remembers the night before because of, I guess, a similar-looking cell phone. Yeah, I'm thinking like the drugs wear off over a certain amount of time is the idea. Has to be. Uh, another loophole. But uh, the night before, he remembers a pig-faced monster like coming at him. That pig-faced monster roared 
Why the fuck did it roar? It was like an animalistic sound. The pig face monster was hiding in the back seat of his car. Who doesn't notice a fucking pig monster in the back seat? It's not (laughs) like he's driving a minivan. It's a fucking sedan. It's a man who was scared to get caught, Joey. You know? And then Adam kind of gets like the same treatment in his his shitty little apartment where he gets like jump out of the closet. Is this scary at all? What? Oh, the walking around with the with his with the power being turned off, him walking around with his camera, having to use the flash fucking terrifying. That was pretty effective. I think that's really. I think it's really effective. I think I fucked up because I watched it in the dark in 4K, and I could see the motherfucker standing in the closet for like 10 seconds. I did not watch it in 4K. Do not watch it in 4K. <laughs> Can we talk about? I, I get Adam's poor, but the dude's apartment look fucking condemned. Even worse than the fucking bathroom. I thought we were in his bathroom at that point. <laughs> this whole fucking movie. Hey. Cost of like, living Jesus, in uh, dude. Washington, Washington D.C. is rough. But yeah, so he didn't. They keep reiterating the fact that he did not cheat on his wife to the point where I kind of got annoyed with the whole side plot. No, no, no. He cheated on his wife. No, he, he didn't. at least fucked her they once. I mean, because as soon as he they sat down in the bed, whoa, she started whoa, taking whoa, her top whoa. off. I don't think. I think this was the first time this was going to happen. Oh fuck no! And he oh. backed but out. He said don't. He said there was already established rules in place. Yeah, I think it's like a flirty text situation. Hell no. He had he's a fucking page of bitch. That he's not cheating on this lady. Nah. He has no reason to lie to Adam about this. No, nah, no, nah, he 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 fucked the shit out of her. He's in denial. Is all it is. Fuck the shit he out of her. He's guilty. about to die, Joy. You really think that he didn't do it? I don't think so. That's crazy. Wow, I bet money. That's on fucking it. crazy. And I got annoyed with the fact that they kept talking about it. I'm like, okay, we get the it. The fact he that he's as defensive as he is tells me he did it. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason to be that defensive. Why are you Why are you being that defensive to somebody you don't know? Unless you're guilty. And Adam just conveniently left the parking garage before the pig man showed up. Yeah. The way the whole garage it is shot is kind of weird. It's yeah, weird. Anyway, he's taking flash like photography from... of the guy and he doesn't notice. Yeah. In the fuck, in the dark. And there's like, it's a really small parking lot that they're in too. It's like it's four weird. cars. That's all you can fit in there. Right. You look like unsolved It's mysteries. not a parking deck. This is a fucking parking garage. A lot of this look like a TV reenactment from like an unsolved mysteries type show. Dude, I love that show. Oh my God, it was so good. Bucking Rescue nine one one. Remember that one? Allison briefly gains control of Zip's handgun, but is overpowered. Tap hears gunshots, heads over, wounds your boy Zip, but cannot prevent his escape. Gordon, unaware of the chaos, follows instructions. He's had enough of this shit. Saws off his damn foot, shoots at him with the dead man's revolver. So we didn't really go over Zip, but he's uh, quote unquote revealed to be the guy behind all this at this point. He's another dude from Lost. I forget his real name. Michael Emerson, maybe. He's the janitor of the hospital. He's an orderly. Yeah, another Come one on, of those fucking flashbacks. For, for Sorry. You'll see him in a Smashed flashback. Up the custodial arts. There you go. That's good. John's a really interesting person. Makes him sound like a superhero. Turns out he is actually Jigsaw. What a what a shock. What a surprise. Boom. See, it's, it's so hard to look at this and say. Did people bite this the first time? Because I have no fucking memory at this point. Uh, Not really, because the voice is totally different. The voice is totally different, and it's way too early. I'm like, there's yeah. still 30 minutes, 20 well, minutes Well, yeah, left it's way here. too obvious. You don't fucking, like, give up, the, give up the ghost that easy. I was 13 when I watched this for the first time on probably DVD, and I definitely believe that was Jigsaw. You were like, damn, man, that was a great fucking movie. What can happen next? Oh, my God. I'd love to be a gullible kid again. But yeah, this is the uh, this is the Saul scene. This is um, this is what they sell the movie on, right? Joey says, "I'm tired of this shit." <laughs> he said, "Fuck this shit." 
He taps he off his leg. And I'm like, oh, God, oh God what are you so doing? Wild. What are you doing? That's like the most realistic. <laughs> At that point, it's like, all right, I've done, done all this shit. That's the most realistic acting in the movie to me. It's such a wild, it's like over delivery of the line and everything, but at the same time, I can see myself being that um, fed up with what's going on. I've been in this fucking movie for an hour and a half. I want out. He gets electrocuted and snaps out of it and says, I'm done, you know. Zip shoots Tap during the pursuit. R.I.P. Tap. Enters the bathroom and warns Gordon it's too late due to the rules. Adam, surviving a non-fatal gunshot, kills Zip with the toilet tank lid. Gordon vows to return with help after crawling away. Can we talk about the the choreography of, or lack of, with the Danny Glover fight scene? The, like, tussle and him getting shot over the shoulder? It just looked so awkward. And... That magazine just falling out of his gun. <laughs> oh, what the fuck, man? Did you see the beam he was hiding behind? He was fucking taking cover behind an 8-inch beam. Like, across. Yep, he was. His big ass sticking out of both sides. The camera cuts real fucking quick, to the, so you don't see very much of it. But uh, Which, I mean, he was only on set for two days, so I guess they were really trying to get this shit in. They might have shot this shit first, who knows. It seems like they were just in a hurry to get to the actual sawing of the leg and the twist. The reveal, man. Like, once they started getting to the action portion of it. And then Adam going ham with the tank, with the uh, toilet tank lid was pretty cool. pretty cool. Again, a lot of this stuff off camera. You see a lot of like viscera and blood flying around, but we don't see any of the physical damage here. Apparently he's actually just foot. hitting a bag full of uh, fake blood, like a garbage bag filled with it. You didn't see the detective's head get blown off. You didn't see him saw off his foot. There's a lot of stuff you don't see. Yeah. What's the worst thing that we actually do see, honestly? In the unrated one, it's probably the digging through the guts. This is legit like intestine, and it was really like pig uterus is what they mm-hmm. actually used, but it looks very convincing. Like, it's literally like blood-trenched fucking intestine. It's crazy. I saw that. I didn't realize I was watching the unrated version, but I did see that. Adam discovers a cassette player in Zep's possession as Hello Zep starts playing the tape reveals that Zep was also coerced by Jigsaw. When Jigsaw's voice stops, the seemingly dead body in the bathroom rises to his feet. It's your boy, John. And he discloses that the key was in the bathtub all along. It's that blue thing Bears you talked about at the very beginning of the movie. twist, baby. Yeah, it was, uh, he put a fucking light on it and shit, apparently. He really wanted him to find this key. Wouldn't the movie have been over really fucking quick? This, this right here is a fucking terrible, terrible plot point that's overlooked until Saw 3. Saw 3 actually comes along and ties us up with a bow. But it's fucking Him laying terrible. on the ground for eight hours? It's probably because there's a bloody post. No, no, no they, they go into why it was laying on his chest and not really like somewhere else. Because he was fucked from the jump. All he had to do was like unlock his shit and he would have been out of there, right? Like you said, yeah. he was in there for five minutes. But everybody is supposed to be given a chance to get out without having to hurt themselves. Or not these two characters. So where the hell is Gordon's opportunity? Shoot Adam. Kill yeah, Adam. Just kill him. Kill Adam and he just gets out. For Adam, it was just to free yourself. And that was the fucking key that they left laying on his chest. Tobin Bell plays this character like a very nice guy because he just turns around and tells him the key's in the bathtub. It was in the bathtub all along. 
It's not menacing. It's just like, hey, man, keys in the bathtub. All right, I'm going to get out of here. He's not a killer, man. And then we're just assuming that the doctor died in the hallway from blood loss. Yeah. How did you guys feel about his crawling out scene when he was talking about how he'd be back? Did the acting start to crack right here for you? Chris, the acting started to crack beginning of the movie. (laughs) When they said When the lights came on. When Danny Glover came in and couldn't see past this motherfucker's Obi-Wan hood. No, Danny was fine in my opinion. Danny was, it's just these two guys, they they had a weird chemistry about them in my opinion. It was Carrie trying to bat a thousand and the other guy just literally trying to read dialogue. And yeah, so Zepp is uh, acting here because he had a blood, he had a blood poison situation and why? apparently Jigsaw Does that make any sense dope? either? Like why the fuck's he poisoned? If Jigsaw's like not around to enforce his rules, why wouldn't he just like go to a hospital? He's the only one that has the antidote, Chris. He's got the antidote for all of it. Only one. Here's what's wild to me. They're they're locked, or they I guess they come to um, around like, I don't know, 10 a.m., something like that, in the room where they're locked up. They have up until 6 p.m. to figure everything out and, you know, kill to kill Adam or whatever, to get, have the situation resolved. They take time. eight hours to do nothing. It's a lot of talking. I feel like they never really entertained the idea of killing each other either. Which I think he probably would have done around lunchtime at least. Around lunchtime. Yeah. What about Tobin Bell being able to lay there for eight hours and not fart or like sneeze? This dude is the fucking performance of the century. What if he took a nap <laughs> at some point? He applied his own prosthetics and laid down in corn syrup that apparently looked very, very convincing for eight hours. Didn't move a fucking inch. Okay. He's Saw an actor, three. man. Go watch Saw 3. Saw 3, it's coming for you. Saw 3, uh, it, it clears up a lot of stuff. Adam tries to shoot John, but gets stunned yet again. We see, for the last fucking time, a flashback sequence. To wrap up the twist, you get about 80 frames of movie in about 10 seconds. Reminding you of all the other flashbacks you've already seen. John rolls out, declares, game over, and seals Adam in the bathroom. What a nihilistic fucking ending, man. Everyone just fucking dies. Every cop, every person involved. Hey, that teach you to take pictures of people without their permission. Well, Adam doesn't necessarily die. <laughs> Who the fuck's going to let him out? I guess the implication in my mind was he would starve to death or whatever. He could try to get in the bathtub. The jigsaw told him. The key's in the bathtub. Oh, the key's down the fucking drain. I mean, unless your ass... He's got a magnet. can fucking stick your dick down there and... Pick it up. I mean, I don't know how the, how's the plumbing in his bathroom. Is there a plunger? He could probably plunge it out. Seems like there's a lot of clogged up pipes in there. <laughs> it could be. I don't think they have a U trap like with a big fucking dude. toilet or with a sink, Chris. But yeah, that's it. Uh, got a little bit of a leather face vibe there when he slams the old door. Says game over. Tobin Bell is a massive dude. He's a big boy. He's like six five, maybe. Yeah, when he when he goes to slam that door, I was like, I'm damn, that's when a he tall gets guy. up and arches that back. He got the fix like, on oh, boy. God damn. God damn. He said, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I saw that's 2004 in the rear view. Flashback to earlier in this episode. What piece of memorabilia y'all want to take home from this bad boy? All right. It's going to sound super gross, but I want like the puzzle that Jigsaw is assembling out of all these skin pieces. You know, like some mm. Ed Gein fucking face yeah. skin lampshade or nipple belt. I want you want the, like the dress he's making? I whatever. want the jigsaw puzzle, skin puzzle. Oh, that'd be so fucking cool. Does that ever come into play later on in the series? Uh, I 
don't know unless it's like one of the later movies. I mean, it's, and that's missed opportunity if it, if it it's has right it. there on the fucking surface. What if it's like making the Mona Lisa out of human skin? Uh, the piece I want from this film, I thought about the saw, but it's just, I mean, you can buy it at your hardware store. It's lame. Give me that bear trap contraption on Amanda's head. I want to put it on. Just have, just have, have it around. Bathroom trap diorama for me. Did y'all notice that fucking thing? When they oh, got yeah. to his lair? Dude, uh, it was like a high school, like a middle school project of the fucking bathroom. and had like paper towel tubes Jigsaw, and shit in there. Jigsaw's super crafty. That's fucking cool, man. I remember making like a lighthouse in fourth grade. You imagine somebody bringing that fucking thing in. So there's two men chained to the edges of the room. They're going to saw off their feet. What the fuck is wrong with Timmy? I forgot about that. That was very cool. That was cool. fucking crafty. <laughs> All right, fellas, wrap it up. Get out the grade books. What letter grade we handed down to Mr. James Wan for his second entry in the podcast here for Saul from 2004. I remember watching Saul in theaters as a teen and legit being flabbergasted by the twist ending, all while laughing uncontrollably at Carrie Ellis's screaming and hollering and wallowing on the floor. Uh, even then, he seemed over the top, and as an adult, it hasn't gotten any better. Overacting, and in <laughs> Lee Wynell's case, underacting, aside, Saul is a good, uh, it's a good horror, with its uh, creative and unique concepts being a definitive standout. The plot is serviceable, best described as a disjointed, uh, flashback-driven, non-linear story, which would become a hallmark of the series to come. There's there's fucking flashbacks within flashbacks. At times, it does feel more like a cop mystery thriller than a horror, but the arc the that arc does pay off with the worthwhile confrontation with Jigsaw and the subsequent domino events. I really like most of the set pieces. They feel gritty, they feel eerie, they feel real, and do a good job at immersing the audience. Billy the Puppet is a spot-on um, franchise mascot. Great design and implementation as the visual representation of Jigsaw. The pacing is pretty jarring in my experience, however. Um, you can see the framework of uh, what the movie wants to be, but it just it just feels scattershot a lot of the time. Unrefined, uh, raw. One of the biggest sticking points for me, and it's more so established in the sequels, but the foundation was built here in the, uh, the original. Um, is the grand idea of Jigsaw not being a killer or murderer or whatever and just a guy trying to fight injustice and help people appreciate what they have by extreme means. Um, for lack of a better uh, phrase, that's fucking stupid. Uh, there's this little thing, it's called second-degree murder, people. Aren't, <laughs> aren't these supposed to be police investigating this serial killer? It's a little nitpicky, but it turns into one of the premises the entire franchise is based on, so... It's kind of hard to overlook, in my opinion. All in all, it's a fun ride with a lot of starts and stops and multiple turns, for better or worse. 2004's Saul grades out with a C. Saul was a film I first watched from our local video rental store and maybe caught a few times after on HBO. This thing was always on HBO. I, I just remember that from this time period. I haven't rewatched it in probably more than 15 years, however, and I can honestly say that I was shocked after this viewing. The film comes off as more of a thriller, which we've alluded to, than a horror film for most of its duration. However, that doesn't take away how good Juan's first installment to this massive franchise actually was. You can easily see how this would spawn sequels due to how many different gadgets and scenarios you can place people within, a la any 
uh, escape room that you've played, it does lack in acting and the story sputters in parts, which is why the film receives a B from me. So James Wan has become a big deal in the modern horror world. Watching his first efforts from all those years ago shows how effective he can get simple ideas to click with large audiences. Saw franchise alone has been fruitful enough to be milked ten times over now. It's crazy. Story's bare bones and full of holes. The effects are mostly handled off camera, which we always bitch about. Some of the acting is rough, and the editing removes most of the scare factor for me. All that said, the big picture simply works. A haunted escape room spun into a movie with that instant water cooler appeal thanks to its ending. It all goes down so cheesy and spicy, like my favorite, flaming Hot Cheetos Popcorn. Mr. Juan walks away from my class with a B for Saul. Alright, let's recap the audience score. Guesses for this hair random treat that we had to... Entertain this week. We'll start with the low man. It was actually me. I assumed it would be at a 60. Hootie said a 62. Joy said a 70. And the actual audience score for Saul is an 84. Fuck a me. Whoa. Bananas. That's pretty fucking hot, dude. People love it. So that puts us back in our random wheelhouse, boys. Time to spin this sucker yet again to see what Mr. Ryan Hootie will be bringing to the table for the next episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, looks like we have landed on Happy Death Day from 2017, by the looks of it. Blind spot for me here. A rather new film for the show. For all you fans of our Jennifer's Body review, this goes out to you. Uh, So, we are going to watch the trailer for Happy Death Day, if you want to... Listen along and watch with us. We'll post it on the YouTube. Uh, you can hear our banter there. Otherwise, we will see you back here in a bit. All right, boys. If there's a trailer, what's the uh, what's the Rotten Tomato audience score for Happy Death Day, Joseph? Oh man, let me hit it with a. I'm gonna go back to the well. 69. I've been guessing 69 the last fucking five or six movies. Uh, considering what we just got out of Saul, I'm gonna throw an 80 up on this one. Jesus, I was gonna do 82. Now I'm. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, like modern horror bullshit. audiences, man, they love that kind of shit. I'm like really, uh, I'm gonna do 75. Sparkly. All right, folks, thank you for listening. Check out our website, horriblefilmschool.com. You'll find links to all the podcast platforms, the Instagram, the merch store. Give us a follow wherever you go. Leave a review wherever you can. Send us some luscious. ASMR cassette tapes. I know Joy would love that. Oh, baby. I'm going to say goodbye and offer my support to women jaws deep in a reverse bear trap. Bite down and get that key out of whatever hole that dude shoved it in. As always, if you're hearing our voices, tell at least one person you know, spread the love, spread the campaign, and let's all kick back, have some birthday cake, and watch Happy Death Day. And I'm out. Thanks for all the likes, the subs, the listens, the follows, the downloads. We really appreciate you guys and gals' support as well as your time and attention. Be sure to join us next time where we die over and over and over again with 2017's Happy Death Day. Class dismissed. <laughs>